Hello, welcome to The Wire Podcast. I'm Ryan McCrary. To start today's episode off, I'm going to be talking about the Stephen A. Smith situation. Last week, Stephen A. Smith went on the Joe Budden Podcast and said some pretty controversial things about a former co-worker of his, Max Kellerman. After that, I'm going to talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide and why the Alabama football dynasty might be coming to an end. After that, I'm going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and why they just might be the best team in the NFL at the moment. After that, I'm going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and why they've been one of the more disappointing teams in the league through two weeks of the season. And then lastly, I'm going to talk about the Los Angeles Rams, who have surprisingly been pretty good so far, despite people expecting them to be one of the worst teams in the league this season. That's what we have on tap for today's episode. I'm excited to get into it, so let's go ahead and dive right in. Let's get started by talking about the Stephen A. Smith situation. So last week, Stephen A. Smith went on the Joe Budden podcast, and on that podcast, he was asked about a former co-worker of his, Max Kellerman. These two co-hosted the show First Take for a long time. Max Kellerman replaced Skip Bayless um, in around 2016, and I think Max Kellerman was on the show from 2016 to 2021. And eventually, Max Kellerman left the show, or he may have actually been asked to leave. I don't remember, but he's not on the show anymore, and he hasn't been for a couple of years. And Stephen A. Smith was asked about their relationship and why Max Kellerman left the show. And Stephen A. Smith said this, quote, I would take full responsibility for that. It was totally my fault, and the reason it was my fault is because I didn't like working with him. That's the first thing he said, and this is not what's controversial. In my opinion, this is totally fine. Like, I don't care that he didn't enjoy working with Max Kellerman. You're not going to enjoy working with everybody that you work with. If you've ever worked a job before, you get that. Like, you're not going to enjoy working with everyone. So I don't care that he didn't like working with Max Kellerman. This part is not controversial, in my opinion. But later on down the road, he kind of explains why he didn't like working with him and what their issues were and, like, the reasons why. And the reasons why he didn't like working with him and the reasons why he had an issue with Max Kellerman are what I have an issue with. Let me go ahead and dive into some more quotes. He then goes on to say, quote, It's just that simple. I didn't like it. I thought the show was stale. I thought that we had flatlined when it came to the public at large. I didn't I didn't want to go from number one to number two when Skip Bayless left. I wasn't having that. That wasn't going to happen. So when Skip Bayless left, Stephen A. Smith did not want the show to go from being the most popular sports talk show on TV to being second place. He didn't want that to happen. And it sounds like he felt that that's what was happening with Max Kellerman on the show. And once again, if that's truly how he felt, like I get why he didn't enjoy working with Max Kellerman. I get why he didn't want to work with him anymore. I get why he wanted to have a new co-host. Uh, that makes sense to me. I think that's fine. Then he says something that I really have an issue with. He says, quote, I had mad, I had mad respect for him, talking about Max Kellerman. From the standpoint of white dude, highly intelligent, Ivy League, educated from Columbia, smart as a whip, can talk his butt off, can talk about anything. I get all that. But you weren't an athlete and you weren't a journalist. And the absence of the two components left people wondering, why should we listen to you? 
Now, this is what I have a problem with. So, Stephen A. Smith claims that although Max Kellerman is really smart, was went to an Ivy League school, that despite all of that, because he wasn't a journalist and wasn't an athlete, that people didn't respect his opinion, or maybe that's it's not fair to say that, but people just didn't listen to him and didn't take his opinion as seriously as they took Stephen A. Smith's and Bayless's, who both were reporters and journalists at one point. And Max Kellerman was not, and apparently, according to Stephen A. Smith, the fact that he wasn't a journalist had an impact on, on the audience. And I just want to say, I want to call BS here. Like, no one cares. No one cares about that. No one cares that Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless were journalists, and no one cares that Max Kellerman was never a journalist. And I'm saying this as someone who used to be a big fan of the show First Take. When I was in middle school, high school, I really enjoyed the show. I watched it a lot, and I really respected Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, and honestly, growing up, I kind of wanted to be like Stephen A. Smith. I kind of wanted to have a job doing what he did. And so I had a lot of respect to him, I looked up to him, and I am telling you, no one gives a crap that he was a journalist at one point. I mean, seriously. How many people know that he, at one point, was a journalist who worked with Winston-Salem Journal, the Greensboro News and Record, the New York Daily News, and the Philadelphia Inquirer? Who knows that? How many people? Guess. Like, say to yourself, guess how many people know that? Because I bet it's not a lot. I didn't know that. I only know that because I looked it up on Google. Like, I'm sure that not a lot of people know that. That Not a lot of people know that Stephen A. Smith was a journalist at one point, and I promise you that that's not why people watch the show. I think that people watch the show, and this is just my opinion, I think that people watch the show because it's entertaining. And I think people watch Stephen A. Smith because he is a really good debater, he is really good at presenting his takes in a way that's engaging, that's entertaining. I think that is the reason why people watch the show. Not because he was a journalist at one point, or is a reporter, or provides some kind of in-depth analysis that you're not going to get anywhere else. No, I think that people watch Stephen A. Smith and listen to him because he's entertaining. And he is really entertaining. When you watch him on first take, it's entertaining. I mean, it just is. Like, I get why people like listening to the show. I don't like it as much as I used to, and I don't respect it as much. I just... I'm not a big fan of that kind of sports talk content. That's just not my thing anymore. But I get why a lot of people like it. And so for Stephen A. Smith to claim that Max Kellerman not being an, a former athlete and not being a journalist affected the show, I think that's BS. And I think he's using that as a scapegoat when there are actually bigger issues that actually played a bigger part in the audience falling off at one point, if that's the case. I actually don't know if that actually happened. I'm assuming it did since Stephen A. Smith was having problems with Max Kellerman. And honestly, I think the big issue with First Take is Stephen A. Smith. And the reason I say this is, is first, Stephen A. Smith has a really big ego. And that alone isn't a big problem. I think that Stephen A. Smith should be very proud of what he's done throughout his career. He's had an incredible career, going from a journalist, doing radio, now being on first take for a very long time. He has had an incredible career, and so he should be proud of that, and he should be proud of his abilities as a journalist, as a broadcaster. Like He has done so many great things, 
and he deserves to be proud of that. However, I think he thinks very highly of himself, and that gets in the way of his ability to objectively analyze the show and its ratings and the audience. And I think a lot of people are getting tired of Stephen A. Smith. They're getting tired of this form of sports talk show where people are just yelling at each other. People are getting tired of it, and you see it on social media. The way that people talk about the show on Twitter slash X, they talk about it negatively because people just don't like this form of sports talk anymore. And that's just how it is. Stephen A. Smith can't help that, but I feel like Stephen A. Smith refuses to acknowledge that, refuses to acknowledge that people just don't enjoy people talking about the sports the way that he does. And people used to enjoy it, but they don't anymore. And I feel like Stephen A. Smith just refuses to admit that. And I think that's a big reason why the show may not be doing as well as it once did. I think a lot of people just don't like listening to Stephen A. Smith as much as they used to. And that it happens sometimes. You're not going to be able to do this forever. Sometime, at some point, your audience is going to go away. And obviously, First Take is still doing fine. Like it's, do, it's still doing well. But if Stephen A. Smith truly feels like the audience isn't as good as he wants it to be, I think he needs to look in the mirror. And Because I think that he is a bigger issue than he would like to admit. And I think he is a bigger reason why the show may not be doing as well than he'd like to admit. Um, another thing I have to mention with this situation regarding Max Kellerman is a clip that I saw last week on Twitter of Terrell Owens. So at one point when Max Kellerman was on the show, Terrell Owens joined them. And I think they were talking about a political issue or a societal issue um, because at one point Terrell Owens told Stephen A. Smith to his face that he thinks that Max Kellerman sounds more black than him when talking about political issues. And that was crazy. That was an insane moment on the show. It was so wild. I can't believe Terrell Owens said that. Stephen A. Smith got pissed, and he was like, dude, you crossed the line. And shout out to Max Kellerman, who handled it really well. He didn't have a reaction, really. He, like, he was straight-faced the whole time. If it were me in his shoes, I would have busted out laughing. I would have been, like, bent over on the floor. I would have lost it. And so, shout out to him for being able to to not just break, just not break down and, and start laughing or have a reaction. Um, and I think this is another reason why people don't love Stephen A. Smith. It's because of his politics or, you know, the positions he takes when they do talk about political issues on First Take. And they'll do that from time to time. And Max Kellerman is a little more liberal. He'll take a more left-leaning point of view when talking about politics. And Stephen A. Smith tends to be more conservative, take a more right-leaning point of view. And a lot of people on social media, a lot of people are more liberal, more left-leaning. And so they resonate with what Max Kellerman says in these scenarios. And they don't resonate as as much with what Stephen A. Smith says. And I think that's another issue that Stephen A. Smith had, is that people liked Max Kellerman's takes on politics more than his. I think that might be another issue that he had with Max Kellerman. Maybe it's not. I'm just speculating. But that's my opinion on the situation. It's a really weird situation. It's, it's kind of crazy, the fact that he said all that. Um, the fact that he kind of slammed Max Kellerman on a podcast was crazy. I really disagree with what he said, with the reasons why he claims he did not enjoy working with Max Kellerman. But 
What do I know? It's just my opinion. Now we can move on and talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide and why the Alabama football dynasty, as we know it, might be over. So after this past weekend, Alabama is 2-1-1, and, and they have not looked as dominant as they usually do. They In week two, they lost to Texas 34-24 at home. I actually talked about that on the last episode. And they just, in, last, in this past weekend, they beat South Florida on, I think it was on the road, but they didn't look very good. I think they won that game 17-3. to It just was not a good performance um, by Alabama. And in general, they just haven't looked great this year. They have been not as dominant on both sides of the ball. And that's not to say that they haven't been good. They honestly have, but their standards are really high because it is Alabama that we're talking about. Their, their standards are championship or bust. And so when you look at the way that they played this year and you look at their just their stats and everything, you look at the numbers, it's like, wow, this team doesn't look like the Alabama that we're used to. And what's interesting is Alabama is just as talented as they've ever been. 247sports.com has a team talent composite ranking, and Alabama is number one on the list. They have more five stars than everyone else. Um, They also have just about as many four stars as the other top teams in the nation. I think maybe Ohio State is the only team that has more. Um, and so, like, they're still ultra-talented, like they always are, but they just haven't been performing as well on the field. They're, they've been really good defensively, like they're 19th in points allowed per play, and that's not taking into account the strength of their opponents, um, but they haven't been as good offensively. They're just, they rank just 30th in points per play, which is a bit low, um, when you look at where they've been the last couple of years, the last couple of years, they've been one of the more dominant offensive teams in the nation, largely because they've had really good quarterbacks. They've had Tua Tungavailoa, Jalen Hurts, Matt Jones, Bryce Young. They've had a plethora of high-level quarterbacks who have gone on to be pretty good in the NFL, and now they don't have that. And that's a big reason why they haven't been as good, in my opinion, a big reason why they're struggling. Um, or just not being as dominant as they, as they used to be is because of the quarterback play. Uh, to start the season, Jalen Milrow was their starter, and he was good in Week 1 against Middle Tennessee, but um, in Week 2, he really struggled against Texas, had some nice plays, but also had some pretty rough plays, had some really bad decisions, some really bad interceptions, and after the loss to Texas, Alabama pulled him. They benched him and started Tyler Buckner, who was a transfer from Notre Dame. He played against South Florida. He then got benched for a freshman, Ty Simpson. Um, and the way that they've handled their quarterback position has been really interesting. And honestly, I kind of disagree with the way that they've handled their quarterbacks. Um, Jalen Milrow, I, I get why they pulled him. I do think it may have been a little bit early. He wasn't terrible against Texas. He was just a little bit inconsistent, and I think he's honestly the best quarterback they have, and that's saying something like, if he's the best quarterback they they've had or they have on the roster right now, they may not be as good this year as we as we expect. Um, and that's not. I don't want to crap all over Jalen Milrow. He's super talented, really good. But when you when you go from having Bryce Young to him, 
it's honestly a big drop off. And like, I think he realizes that like, he would be like, yeah, like you're probably right. Um, but yeah, it's just a really weird year for Alabama. And I don't know what to expect from them. I, I still think they're a really good team. Um, maybe not quite as good as they're used to. They're not this dominant juggernaut who you can expect to be in the national title game every year. But I've seen people question whether or not they're a top 25 team. Listen, they are. They're a top 25 team. They're really good. They just aren't, like, quite elite, I don't think. Um, I saw a chart the other day, actually today, um, and it had every college football team, or it may have been every FBS team, and it was ranking them by their offensive EPA per play, adjusted for the strength of their opponents, and they had their opponent-adjusted defensive um, EPA per play, and Alabama was lower than, like, Auburn. Which is crazy. Like, Auburn, I'm an Auburn fan, and let me tell you, Auburn is not that good. They're not terrible, but, like, they are not that good. They're probably a top 25 team, but at the back end of the top 25. So, to see that just shows, like, where Alabama is at right now. And it's just, it's clear as day that Alabama is not the Alabama that we're used to. And it's really weird to see them not be this dominant juggernaut who's just running running through everybody and is a shoe-in to make the playoff. But, yeah, they may not make the playoff this year, and if they don't, like, it wouldn't be a surprise to anyone. At least, I don't think so. So, it's been, it's been weird to watch Alabama. Maybe they'll bounce back and have a strong finish to the season, but they're going to need to bounce back quickly because they have Ole Miss this upcoming weekend, and that's going to be a big game. But, yeah, Alabama, they're not the same Alabama, and, it, and it's kind of weird to see that. Now let's move on and talk about the Dallas Cowboys, who just might be the best team in the NFL at the moment. Right now, the Giants are 2-0 with wins over the Giants and the Jets. They beat the brakes off the Giants in Week 1, uh, a game that I actually talked about in last e- in the last episode of the podcast. They were really dominant in that game. And this week, they beat the Jets. And they beat them. Let me actually look up that score. They were really dominant in that game. Heading into that game, like a few weeks ago, you would have thought it would have been an awesome matchup, but Aaron Rodgers got hurt in week one, and so Zach Wilson was starting for the Jets at quarterback in this game, and it just, as you expect with Zach Wilson, the Jets aren't quite as good as they are with Aaron Rodgers, and so the Cowboys were able to to beat them handily, 30-10 to 10, um, at home, and this was another dominant performance from their defense, and that's really... The thing you've got to talk about when you talk about the Cowboys, their defense has been off the charts good. And I'm going to pull up their numbers here. So, so far this season, they're allowing just five points per game, which is the same as the Browns. And the Browns have played one less game. The Browns actually play tonight. I'm recording this on Monday. They play tonight. So the Cowboys, they lead the league and points allowed per game among teams who have played at least two games this year. And the second, the team that ranks second behind them is the Chiefs, who have allowed just 15 points per game. So there is a 10-point gap between the Cowboys and the second-place team. It just shows how dominant their, their defense has been. And the best part of their defense, in my opinion, or at least one of the best parts of their defense, has been their pass rush. They lead the league in sacks right now with 10. They're actually tied with the Commanders. Their defense has been awesome, and the guy leading that defense is Micah Parsons, who has been unbelievably good and looks like the best defender in the league right now. 
He's been unbelievable. He's been really, really good as a pass rusher and a run defender. I was watching the game yesterday, and it was unreal how consistently he was making plays. I mean, it felt like every play, he was doing something. He was, you know, creating pressure as a pass rusher, getting a stop in the run game. He's just playing at a ridiculously high level at the moment, and it looks like he could easily win the Defensive Player of the Year award this year. He's been awesome. And it's not like the, the Cowboys have just been good on defense. They've been really good on offense as well. They haven't quite been elite, but they've still been really good. They rank like top 10 in a lot of advanced metrics like EPA per play. Um, they're top 5 in points per game. They are just really good offensively, and they could get even better. Um, they're, they're talented enough to be even better on offense. They're talented enough to be one of the more dominant passing and rushing teams in the league. And the Cowboys overall are, are just really, really talented. And I think like, it would be no surprise if they were the best team in the NFC this year. They're that good. They're really good on both sides of the ball. If their offense can can catch up to their defense, they're going to be scary, and they are, like, clear Super Bowl contenders. But, yeah, the Cowboys have been awesome. I'm, I'm not quite sure if they're the best team in the league right now. They, I think they have a great argument, um, and if anybody said they were, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with them. They're awesome, and they are playing at a very high level. Now let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals who have been one of the more disappointing and underwhelming teams in the league this season. We're just two weeks into the season, so there's a lot of football left to be played. But still, the Bengals have been very underwhelming. Right now, they are 0-2 with losses to the Browns and the Ravens. They lost to the Browns 24-3 in Week 1, and they just lost to the Ravens. Let me, look, let me pull up their schedule to see the score of that game. I want to say they lost 27-24. to It did come down to the wire. Let me see real quick. So in this game, yeah, they did lose 27-24 to at home. A very disappointing um, outcome for them. Big game. It's a divisional game. They want to win this division. And to do that, they can't lose to the Ravens. So tough loss for them. But yeah, so through two weeks, they're 0-2. And they have looked really, really bad on both sides of the ball. They've been below, below average on offense and defense. And their offense specifically has been downright abysmal. I'm going to pull up their stats real quick. So their offense at the moment ranks, I think, second to last in points per game. No, they actually ranked um, third to last in points per game. They ranked 30th. Averaging 13.5 points per game this year. And the other teams at the bottom are teams you'd expect to be at the bottom. Like the Steelers, the Panthers, the Raiders, the Texans, the Giants. Like, and then you have the Bengals. The fact that the Bengals have been this unproductive offensively with Joe Burrow as their quarterback is unreal. Like, they should be much better than this. And their passing attack has been awful. I'm going to pull up their net yards per pass attempt. If you don't know what that is, that is their passing yards minus their sack yards divided by the total number of their pass attempts. And in this metric, they rank second to last behind the Carolina Panthers. That is, like, 
unfathomable. Like, I can't believe that. When I saw that, I literally, I was floored. Like, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, are you serious? How have the Bengals been this bad? And to see their passing attack struggle this much is unreal. I mean, it's hard to fathom. I can't believe it. It's crazy to see. And I don't really know why. I'll have to watch some of the All-22. I do have access to that. So I'll, I do sometime this week want to go through the All-22 and just see why, why are, why is their offense struggling so much? Why is their passing offense, why has it been so bad? It makes no sense. It shouldn't be this way. But that's a big reason why they've struggled. Their passing attack has been bad. Um, something I heard today, which I thought was a really good point, was Joe Burrow's injury. So before the season, during training camp, Joe Burrow injured his leg. And I, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was a lower body injury. Um, not super serious. It wasn't like a season-ending injury or anything like that. But it was a significant injury that was going to take some time to heal. And it sounds like that may be affecting him. And he did get hurt in yesterday's game. Towards the end of the game against the Ravens, he was limping off the field. Maybe that has something to do with it, but their offense has been really bad. And it's got to be it's got to get better. If they're going to be a legitimate championship contender, a like one of the top teams in the AFC, which they've been the last couple of years. If they want to be at that level again, their offense has to be really good, especially if their defense is also going to be below average. You cannot be a good team and be below average on both sides of the ball. Hopefully, the the Bengals are able are able to bounce back, and their offense is able to look like it's looked in the last over the last couple of years. Over the last couple of years. They've been dominant offensively. They've had one of the more productive passing attacks in the league. Their offense has been elite. Hopefully, they can get back to that, and they should with Joe Burrow and all that talent they have offensively, like T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase. They've got to figure it out offensively, and I think it starts with their passing attack. Hopefully, they can bounce back and be one of the top teams in the league this year, but I am worried and I know it, we're just two weeks into the season. I don't want to overreact, but I'm, I'm a little bit worried about them. And they are a team to keep your eye on moving forward. All right, let's close out the podcast by talking about the Los Angeles Rams, who actually might be good. And if they're not good, they're definitely not trash, which is kind of surprising. A lot of people, myself included, expected the Rams to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. And I think a lot of people expected that, especially with the injury to Cooper Cup. Once he went down with an injury, and once it was announced that he was going to be out for the first four weeks, I bet a lot of people were like, yep, this team is going to it's gonna be bad. Let's, you know, slam the under on their win total. And honestly, through two weeks, they've looked pretty good. Their offense has been really good. Matthew Stafford has looked really good. And Puka Nakua. A rookie receiver that they picked in the fifth round out of BYU has been the star of the show. He's been unreal. He's leading the league in catches at the moment. And through two games, he has 266 yards, zero touchdowns, and 25 uh, receptions. He's been ridiculously productive. Um, He's been one of the more productive receivers in the league through two weeks, which is insane. No one could have seen this coming. Even, Even me. I was high on Puka Nakua coming into the draft, and I did not expect him to be this good at all. 
He's been awesome filling in for Cooper Cup, and it's been awesome to see. I, I also have to give a huge shout-out to Tutu Atwell, who has stepped up in a big way, um, helping this offense be really good. And they've been really good as both a passing unit and rushing. Both their passing offense, like their passing attack and their run game has both been above average so far, which is really good to see. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep this up. I believe their defense is struggling a little bit. Let me pull up their, their defensive numbers. Their defense, I don't think, has been very good. Let me see where they rank in points allowed per game. So in points allowed per game, they actually rank 12. So their defense actually hasn't been terrible. Let me see if I can pull up their, their EPA per play allowed real quick. So in terms of EPA per play allowed, they rank they rank towards the bottom, I believe. Yeah, they rank 23rd. So there is a big difference in their efficiency and their volume in terms of their defense. So if their offense can continue to play well, they might be a solid team. Um, they're not going to be great or anything. I don't expect them to make the playoffs, but perhaps they can be like a bubble team. Maybe they can be like a seven-win team. But I think it's likely that they aren't going to be an awful team, which honestly, I'm really surprised by. I thought their roster was really weak, and I thought they were going to struggle, especially without Cooper Cup. But man, they've been really good. I know they lost in this past weekend to the 49ers, but still, they've looked really good. And they've been one of the more surprising stories in the league so far. So shout out to the Rams. They've been awesome to watch. It's been a lot of fun. Shout out to Matthew Stafford. He looks great after having a rough year last year and dealing with injuries. He's back and he looks really, really good, as does the entire offense. Well, that's all I have for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I will see y'all next time. <laughs>